insights, solutions, and networking all come together at RSA Conference. Join a global cybersecurity community at rsaconference.com forward slash ITSP MAG24. Welcome to the ITSP Magazine Podcast Network. You're listening to a new Redefining Cybersecurity Podcast with Sean Martin. Have you ever thought that we're selling cybersecurity insincerely, buying it indiscriminately, and deploying it ineffectively? Well, perhaps we are. Let's look at how we can organize a successful information security program that integrates business culture with people, process, and technology to drive growth and protect business value. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Imperva is the cybersecurity leader whose mission is to protect data and all paths to it with a suite of integrated application and data security solutions. Learn more at imperva.com. Devo unlocks the full value of machine data for the world's most instrumented enterprises. The Devo Data Analytics Platform addresses the explosion in volume of machine data and the crushing demands of algorithms and automation. Learn more at devo.com. Welcome, everybody. You are very welcome to a new episode of Redefining Cybersecurity here on the ITSP Magazine Podcast Network. This is Sean Martin, where I get to have some amazing chats about how we can operationalize security for the benefit of the business. And one way that organizations kind of get themselves positioned to protect themselves is through communities and CISOs band in communities, executives band in communities. A lot of information is shared um, sometimes off the record behind the scenes. And I believe that it's important that things happen a little more formally and uh, there are organizations that have helped to do some of that. And we're going to talk about that. Uh, information sharing associations, I always get the acronyms wrong. What are they? Uh, I'm gonna, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to say, I'm going to let my guest help because I'm not the expert. Uh, Sydney Pearl, Sid Pearl, thanks for joining me today. Yes, thanks for having me, Sean. Uh, it's a pleasure to meet you and pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, I, I saw a post fly by my feed about uh, the AI ISAC and I was like, let's figure out what's going on there. I know about a lot of ASACs, uh, but what's the AI ISAC going on, going on there? And uh, newly appointed uh, executive director, congratulations on that. Thank you. And uh, so we're going to talk about what, what the AI ISAC <clears throat> is about, its role uh, in, in the, the business world and who should be a part of it and what they can expect from it, and just your view of what's going on there. So before we start, a few words from you, Sid, about uh, some of the other things you've been involved with. You have, you have a nice history of... Uh, of accolades there uh, so maybe a few things to help people understand where you where you're coming from as you enter this role yeah thanks again sean for having me um yes um I, first of all I'm, I'm a humble person so i am a big fan of talking about myself but i will certainly do so uh i, I will start with i served tw 20 years in the united states navy a number of years uh, supporting uh, information technology uh, in other areas of 
information gathering and research, um, probably the best way to describe it uh, for this capacity of this call today. And uh, so I've been in and around uh, in my military years on in out into the private sector. So I spent 12 years on active duty uh, and eight years in the reserves and finished up my time in 2007. Uh, in 1999, when I went on uh, into the private sector, I went into back then what they called IT security, not the finally known name today of cybersecurity. And as in all things back in those days, uh, we were to be uh, seen and not heard. And uh, fast forward several years now, and after working in, in this industry, I've been fortunate to be in a number of companies uh, where I've been uh, serving in significant leadership roles in the areas of cybersecurity. So fortunately, I've been uh, able to work on a number of areas across government, military, law enforcement, private sector, across multiple industries, financial services, et cetera. So it's that breadth and depth of understanding how the bad guys operate, the who, what, where, when, why, and how. And then how do you connect the dots into business, help the business understand the importance of it, and then be able to evolve their organization in such a way where they can make better informed decisions. So that's what I bring to the table in conversation when I work with my clients and, and other organizations around the world. So I appreciate the opportunity in discussing the AI SAC in that context as well today. Yep. Yep. Fantastic. And uh, as you probably saw and everybody else listening heard and <laughs> saw me butcher all the acronyms. Um, would you mind kind of walking us through this structure, these the ISAOs and the ISACs and there's a standards organization. I don't know how much of that you want to cover, but if you can kind of paint a picture of the general uh, information sharing realm, that would be fantastic. Well, it's been a journey, uh, just like my career. Uh, it's been a long journey. It's, it started in the 90s under President Clinton. He authorized the first ISAC um, to be formed, and the ISAC stands for Information Sharing Analysis Center. Now, the difference between an ISAC, an Information Sharing Analysis Center, and an ISAL, an Information Sharing Analysis Organization, is that under the center model, it was just that. It was designed for public and private partnerships to be developed between government and private industry to share information. That was the original intent to identify threats uh, to critical infrastructure and share information amongst those organizations. As it evolved since the 90s into today, a number of ISACs uh, and now evolving into an information sharing analysis organization in ISAL, those organizations not only do that mission, but they now have members beyond just purely members coming from in from the government, et cetera. So now they're sharing out to other organizations, which enable them to be able to attach that name organization to how they describe themselves. So it's been an evolution in that sense. And uh, the ISAC, the reason why for the artificial I, artificial intelligence ISAC is that we wanted, we knew that we're going to need to be able to share with both government and private sector. And so going back to the traditional intent of what an ISAC was formed to do, we felt an ISAC was best place for the AI to be able to operate. Yeah, and it's interesting because it, uh, I might be mistaken, but financial services was the first one. Is that correct? Or is it, it more is critical? One, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Financial services and national health is one of the first ones. Yeah. And so just those two alone, kind of, if, if you extrapolate that, you can kind of see it's sector oriented 
And what I find interesting here, AI, and then if <clears throat> we'll, we'll include a link to the press release uh, that, that where there's some quotes from some folks, it crosses all the sectors. So it's not just automotive, it's not financial services, not healthcare, all the others. This one crosses many. So how, how does that change how you look at this? Because you have people from, from all over the place now. <laughs> well, you know, what's interesting is that each ISAC and ISA is working toward the same goal. And as the identification of threats that can be shared with their members and out to other parties and organizations within their specific domain, financial services, as an example, uh, credit unions, uh, mining and metals, et cetera. So all of them are look, working toward the same goal. But to your point, AI crosses all of these. And each organization is going to have some part to play in this. We're not stating that the AI SAC is going to be uh, have all insight to everything that's going on with artificial intelligence. Naturally, we're going to have a role to play, but each ISAC and ISAL equally is still going to have a mission in the context of artificial intelligence. They're going to need to know what's going on. And we're here to help the ISACs and ISALs themselves be able to gain insight to what's going on in the threat landscape associated with artificial intelligence, and then help them be able to articulate to their own members within their own specific ISACs and ISALs be able to do that. So it's, it's challenging to take on a new domain like artificial intelligence as broad and as deep as it is and change your operating model of what your current mission is for your current ISAC or ISAL. So that's one of the reasons why the AI SAC was created is to be able to help those ISACs and ISALs, as well as our own members, be able to gain insight to what's going on with artificial intelligence. And as you know, artificial intelligence is gonna be touching uh, areas like robotics, for example. And how do you know, how are you gonna navigate those types of waters and be able to know how's it going to affect my operational environment and what does that mean for me in the future? So those are all various reasons why we felt the AI sec need to be established and stood up. Yeah, I love it. And it might be a step back here, but for folks who may not be completely familiar with the process of what it does, uh, can you describe what an ISAC does? And it sounds like now you have members of your ISAC and then also this ISAC extension, this web of ISACs that, that you have to work with as well. So can you describe the process of who's sharing what and, and how that's used? Well, the, the foundational goal of any ISAC and ISAL is to share threat related information, by and large related specifically to cyber and cyber related threats. And then when you take it from that level up to say, mapping it into critical infrastructure, gathering the threats across those different types of domains for their specific area, financial service, for example, healthcare, et cetera, they gather, they gather the specific cyber related threats and then share that out to their various members. And so what we've created, and I'll give you an example, the, our current AI ISAC is associated with the International Association of Certified ISALs out of Kennedy Space Center. And there are others coming out of Washington that come under a different um, umbrella, if you will, as to how they're structured. But the goal is still the same, and that is to gather cyber threat related information and share it out to their members for purposes of knowing what's going on and what actions can they take. And, and that, also, that is all part of their membership uh, that they get when they are part of this program. 
So can, can you describe the, the gathering process and the analysis process? Um, I, I would imagine that there has to be some tooling <laughs> and, and some infrastructure and, and some people. Um, what can you share, share with us there? Well, you know, I can't go into too much detail. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah. And don't want to get into methods uh, too much here because yeah. yeah. uh, I do need to protect those that are working on this. So uh, there's a combination as, and I don't know, it's a cliche within our industry, people process and technology, but it is exactly what it is. Uh, we have tools, and I will say we have a portfolio of tools and capabilities included within our portfolio is artificial intelligence to be able to extract information from different sources and information uh, and bring that in. We have human analysts that uh, gather information and through their sources gather that information and then validate and vet that information before it's actually shared out to their various members. One thing we don't want to do is just in an automated fashion, gather this information, roll it up into a, in a standard report on a daily to weekly basis and just deliver it out that way. So there's a thorough vetting of the information that is coming in before it's released. So it is a combination of people, process and technology of how it's aggregated, correlated, and then ultimately actioned and operationalized for our various members. And yeah, I don't know if you can say, but do the members contribute to the information as well? They do, actually. Yeah. Uh, in fact, we encourage it. Um, so in essence, what we're also expecting here with this AI ISAC, and excuse me, <laughs> you can imagine that uh, in a topic like this, in a topic in particular that is so I would say uh, interesting is probably uh, not the word I'm looking for, but it gets a lot of interest from various parties for different reasons, right? So uh, we have some organizations that are the large technology companies that are interested in driving AI to the point to improve efficiencies within businesses. And that's a sincere intent to do good things for organizations and their clients. On the other hand, we know that AI is going to be used in highly malicious ways by bad actors to target organizations. So what is the balance between those two? How do you tell someone on one hand that uh, everything's rainbows and butterflies and there's nothing to worry about and then strike the balance between bad actors that are seeing the opportunity to take those same tools and apply them and put them into their own toolkit and be able to use them maliciously against organizations and yet still maintain a balance in saying there's nothing to worry about here, live long and prosper, right? So I think it's that balance that we want to bring to this conversation. And I think one unique aspect of this is we're neutral in this conversation. Uh, and that I think if you were to approach this in, in somewhat of a, a research-oriented, lab-based, think tank type expert-related situation, then I think we'll be able to bring some knowledge and expertise to this that says, we hear this side of the conversation. We also hear this side of the conversation. Here's a fair and balanced approach and net neutrality based on facts and vetted information, which is why it's important to you and bring that. So going beyond purely the information sharing and threat analysis, I feel the AI SEC has a responsibility, not only to its members, but more broadly than that, globally, to help people understand what's really happening and 
can I truly take what it is that I'm be, that's being shared with me and have confidence that it's being done in the right way for me to make informed decisions? And I think that's a critical value uh, outcome that I think will be important as the AI set continues to evolve. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And in terms of of membership, um, don't need that, whatever details you can share, but I'm wondering what what's required to become a member? I'm sure there are some filters. Is it organizational level? Is it individual level representing an organization? Or what, what's that look like? Well, I mean, the membership opportunity is there for government and private sector organizations to be part of this. Uh, naturally, we welcome opportunities for individuals that want to come in and be part of this as volunteers. Um, we welcome that if they want to participate. So feel free to reach out to us. We'd be glad to discuss uh, the role that you might be able to play in that capacity. But by and large, it's, it's government members and also uh, private sector members that, that really are primary customer base for how we'll deliver the threat sharing information out to those organizations. And perhaps even looking back at the original uh, vision for these ISACs, um, can you describe what the goal is? Is it, is it to help a broad stroke of organizations respond to an active attack, or is it to be specific and say this organization or this group of folks or businesses are prone to attack? or seeing activities so they should shore themselves up. Uh, looking at security operations, they measure themselves by mean time to detection, mean time to response, mean time to recovery, that kind of thing. Are there those types of objectives or how, how do you measure yourself, I guess? Well, as a uh, former, I guess some might say, um, maturing uh, old Intel guy, uh, I will simply say that I see the world through an intelligence lens. Okay, and I, and that intelligence lens drives me to become more proactive versus reactive. And I think that's a lot that's what's missing in most organizations today. And when we speak in terms of mean time to detect and mean time to respond, that to me says reactive across the board. Okay, and uh, in, in the world of where I want to try to get ahead of the curve and try to identify the threat before it actually becomes a problem. That's a space where a lot of organizations don't have the opportunity to operate. And, and all too often we see them struggling because they're, they're putting out the next fire, waiting for putting out the fire, waiting for the next fire to come along and not focusing on the future state, which is where they need to be and identifying. And artificial intelligence is going to be unforgiving in that domain. So I would say that it behooves all of us to really understand what's going on and not simply accept uh, what's being said in the global marketplace, uh, and I'll leave it at that. Uh, it, it requires all of us to know what's going on so that we can make the, the right informed decisions about how this is going to affect our operational environment. So to answer your question, first and foremost, we need to be proactive. And in order to be proactive, we need access to good information to make vetted decisions uh, properly vetted decisions to determine the impact to our operational environment before it becomes a problem. And that's where I want the AI ISAC to be able to get to, not simply gather threat-related information and share it out to the members. And I think that's a big difference in comparison to some up to uh, some of the other ISACs and ISACs that are operating out there today. 
Yeah, yeah, makes sense. And are there? I'm looking at the looking at uh, like threat intelligence feeds. I know there's been discussion of organizations may not be quote unquote mature enough to get the value out of a feed. Let's say um, they might not have the systems or the team or whatever processes in place to really make the most of it. Is it the same for an ISAC, and I don't know, maybe even more so for an AI ISAC? You mean the amount of information coming in and the ability to take action on it? Does an organization have to reach a certain level of maturity to be able to benefit from being part of the ISAC? Well, I'm going to answer your question with a somewhat of a broad-based question to the question, okay? <laughs> and that is this. Can you, can you afford not to have access to this information is the question, right? As fast as the world is now moving today, if you look across the 16 domains of critical infrastructure, knowing the challenges that we've experienced in the past of how fast the bad guys can move, get their tools in place, sell those tools out to their own marketplace and exponentially grow their own business and, and do damage across those environments. Can you afford not to have access to the information? Right. So I would argue, and I do advise a lot of clients in saying, well, and when I hear we don't have the time, we don't have the resources, we don't have the people, I'm sympathetic and empathetic to all of that. I completely understand. I've been in their shoes. So I fully understand. But as I said before, AI is not, it's going to be unforgiving. It's not, you're not going to have the luxury of saying, I don't have the time or the resources to be able to focus on this because it is moving so fast. It will be beyond you before you have the opportunity to even understand truly what's going on. Yeah. And of course there's uh, the, the cyber criminals do a pretty decent job of sharing, right. And collaborating and, and uh, they have their own supply chain of providers of services and technologies and all that stuff. I presume they have something similar for themselves. <laughs> I don't know if you have Absolutely. any insight in, into that. Yeah. Well, yeah, they have their own operational networks. They have their own means and, and ability to be able to do a, orchestrate their networks, get their, let's just call them tools for lack of, than a better, of a better word, uh, to get their tools to their networks for that to then be spread all over the world. Um, and that happens continuously. Uh, and now when you take artificial intelligence with the ability to do real-time translation, I'm talking about code level translation, that's something that may have been developed in say China or Japan or somewhere in the Middle East or the United States, whatever the case may be. When you can do real-time code translation and turn that into a malicious code, for your own operational purposes, now Pandora's box has been opened in ways that you haven't even thought about before, right? So now it creates a whole new level of challenges that most organizations just aren't quite prepared for. As I said, I think this is why the AI SAC has a mission beyond purely threat sharing. We need to be able to help these organizations understand the, the trajectory of uh, where all this is headed. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Uh... Big, big uh, effort ahead of you. What, um, what do you need to succeed, Sid? And how can, 
how can this audience uh, help you? Uh, I have CISOs, security leaders, practitioners, business folks uh, listening and watching us here. Uh, how can they help you? Well, first, let's understand that there is no us versus them in this scenario. Uh, there is, there really needs to be a, a, the silos broken down between I'm in industry, I'm in this industry, I'm in this domain. I'm not questioning any of that. What I am saying to you is, is that at the pace that Industrial 5.0 is moving, as an example, you will quickly start to see things like, for example, industrialized robotics now becoming more of a personal type situation in your own personal domain over the next several years. So to answer your question is, is that what I'm asking everyone to do uh, with sincerity is to move beyond their comfort zone in the silos that they currently operate in within their own domain. And think more broadly about artificial intelligence, not only how it can help you in improving your business efficiencies, which I fully support, I want to say, for the record, that I fully support the efficiency in the positive use of a benevolent use of AI in a positive way. However, on the dark side of the moon, as they might say, um, I equally would ask the CISOs uh, and others that want to be part of this to first step out, self, step out of your comfort zone and say AI is more broadly applicable to everything. And so through that lens, how can I bring my experience, my knowledge, and my team and my perspective to someone like the AI SAC? help provide some insight to that so that we can aggregate this in such a way to where we can help everyone, uh, not just a specific few. Yep. And would you mind taking a moment, uh, because to, to be comfortable in doing that requires trust. Can you kind of describe how that trust is established with the ISAC? Well, I will say to you, going back to that the I'd say the uh, genesis of the ISACs, that one of the biggest challenges and uh, they've had over the years is the trust between private sector and government. On one hand, government will say, provide me what it is that you have and trust me, and, and in return, not give them anything back in return, right? And so we don't want to be in that position. And again, please understand, I'm not picking on our friends in the government by any means. Uh, I'm simply saying this is what has been experienced by a number that have been involved with this over the years. Uh, so building trust is critical and trust is earned. So I'm not here to say to anyone here today that you need to trust me because I've been in the industry for 30 years. Uh, that's just a credibility statement for you to have at least a beginning conversation. Trust is earned and I would encourage you to engage with us, reach out to us, let's have a dialogue and let's build that trust together. Because as I said, we're in the early days of this and we have a role to play and I'd like for us to work together to build that trust together to do the right things for the world and for humanity. Uh, and we can do that. And I think that trust will happen naturally as we work together to be able to achieve that. And the, the, the connection to the other ISACs probably helps with that, right? 
those, those members again, that's, and, and, well, the sharing yeah the sharing back and forth between you yeah. well again that's a credibility statement right the isacs okay. and isals have been around for a number of years and and so they're credible and and they're in their backgrounds uh so building off that trust you now know that there's there are people with experience in building this isac that will bring those types of resources to bear to help us be successful as well got it well, Sid, I'm uh, I'm grateful for the work you're doing. Um, I think we'll, we'll all be better for it, of course. And uh, I encourage everybody to, as you noted, uh, reach out to you and and become part of the conversation. Start to uh, start to explore what you're working on and how they can contribute, and then we can all all benefit from that. So, any any final thoughts, Sid, before we wrap here? Just my message to everyone is, as I stated, uh, we want to work with you. We want to collaborate with you. We want to build uh, the organization of trust with you. And my last statement is, is that we're in this together. And if we work together, uh, we will be able to adapt to these changes that are coming our direction. And we welcome the opportunity to work with you to be part of that. Got it. And I will uh, include whatever social details you want to provide us, uh, Sid, to share with folks uh, listening and watching any links you have. I'll certainly include the link to the press release uh, uh, that, that outlines and has some, some good details in there as well about uh, what you're working on. And yeah, hopefully, hopefully you get some folks uh, joining you here shortly. I'm quite certain we will. So thank you, Sean. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks everybody for listening and watching and uh, be sure to subscribe, share and all that other fun stuff um, right after you reach out to Sid and uh, become part of uh, the AI ISAC. Thanks everybody. Thanks Sid. Thank you. Take care. Devo unlocks the full value of machine data for the world's most instrumented enterprises. The Devo Data Analytics Platform addresses the explosion in volume of machine data and the crushing demands of algorithms and automation. Learn more at Devo.com. Imperva is the cybersecurity leader whose mission is to protect data and all paths to it with a suite of integrated application and data security solutions. Learn more at Imperva.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Redefining Cybersecurity with Sean Martin, part of the ITSP Magazine Podcast Network. If you learned something new and this conversation made you think, then share this show and ITSPMagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to connect your brand with our conversations, you can sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Insights, solutions, and networking all come together at RSA Conference. Join a global cybersecurity community at rsaconference.com forward slash ITSP MAG24.